Welcome to the Fins Up Podcast. I'm your host, Southo Dan, and tonight I am joined by the returning... Um, mate, I've got nothing funny to say tonight, but it's Terry. Welcome back, Terry. Hey, buddy. How are you? Mate, I'm good. How about this off-screen chemistry we got going? It's, uh, it's yeah, I've, I've missed it. I've missed you. Mate, you too, actually. I, I don't like saying that. don't like admitting it, but I really have. Yeah, look, it has been a while since we've um, polluted people's ears... Uh, obviously, you know, without rugby league, we haven't had too much to talk to, and you know, we've reached out to our networks and you know, brought something else your way. But I've also, I've had no internet as well. I can't lie, I've had to drive to the local shops to to get some internet. So that, Mate, that's where I'm at at the moment. This is commitment, and if we don't get two hundred thousand views tonight, then what are we doing? Oh, I know, mate. I know it's uh, it's dedication to the cause, but but you know, rugby league's coming back, so uh, here we are. Mate, this is the first of two podcasts we're doing this week, too. People should be lucky. I know. I know. And it's probably a good thing now to get this podcast out of the way so we can sort of chat shit about the remaining part of coronavirus and then just get on to rugby league. So, Dan, what have you been doing since your podcast with uh, Big Daddy Brown? Not a lot, to be honest. Um, Cleaned up the unit, had the kids here to destroy it twice as bad. So that was frustrating. Um, just been avoiding work, to be totally honest. How about yourself? How's the new place? Yeah, look, that, that's what I wanted to say. I've actually, um, I moved house, which is one of the reasons why we don't have internet. Um, and before we get on anything else, there's just a couple of shout-outs I wanted to give to people for that day, because, like, I know it's a stressful time, and, um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, my niece Grace drove all the way from Penrith to help us. Uh, my brother-in-law helped us as well, but... There's actually a really personal shout-out that I need to give to you right now because I, I dropped a message to, to this bloke and I can I can see, you know, you can see where this is going, but I dropped a message to him and said, look, I, I really need you to take a day off work if you can. And uh, he came back to me and said, not only can I take a day off work, mate, but my brother can come and help you. So he brought the muscle with him as well. He brought the muscle, he jumped in the back of the truck, he was moving the pieces around, playing Tetris like a joke, so... I've got to say a big shout out to Rich Ossington for taking the day off work and bringing his brother James with him as well. Well, that's that's complete lies, except the Tetris bit. That was fantastic. I actually quite enjoyed that. Uh, but my brother, for those listening, is the muscle. The bloke is gigantic and strong as fuck. He made mate. It took four of us to lift the fridge. He got the shits and just lifted it. Insanity. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Thanks, thanks for coming out, mate. mate I, 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 did, I did say to Richie that we would stitch you up a little bit. Mate, where was Richie that day? Oh, mate, look, just, just to be perfectly honest, for those of you who don't know the background story of Richie, this guy had to have major back surgery uh, from falling asleep, so he's no good to anyone, even lifting a butterfly. Well, it's been carrying that wallet of his around, mate. Bugging him right yeah. up. Yeah, uh, let's talk some, uh, we, I guess we've got some rugby league uh, to come back to, to talk about, so we've got lots to get through, Dan. Um, we've got a run sheet yeah. tonight, this let's, is like let's, the let's, first time. Let's, let's, let's start with the, the bombshell that happened during the week, uh, probably the Knights signed the best hooker in their history with Andrew McCulloch. They're <laughs> huge signing, gets rid of, um, look, for those, you know, Bra- Bradley looks like he's going to miss the season, which is neither good nor bad, We we um, but probably good. Um, and brought in an yeah. equally dud hooker with uh, probably less of a kicking game. I like it. Yeah, look, I don't really see how it helps like the Knights at all because 
I mean, Jaden Braley's bog average and Andrew McCulloch is bog average as well, but surely there's a young kid that they could have used to to blood into their, their team to see if there was, you know, anything, like anything kind of special about them. I, I mean, it can't be too hard shoveling the ball to Pierce and Ponga. So, um, I mean, Braley did it for, for two rounds and even racked up a try assist. So. That's true. Do you know who they have below? Because every time there seems to be a player get injured, Kurt Manfit like fits in for six weeks. And I just, I just don't know uh, if there's uh, anyone screaming the house down. They've got a young kid. Look, shoot me down. I don't know his first name, but his surname's Randall. Um, and he was he was pretty good for them. I don't, I, I, yeah. For the life of me, I can't I can't think of his first name, and I knew this was going to pop up. Um, but yeah, look, I, I just honestly thought when I saw Andrew McCulloch had gone to the Knights, the first thing I did was check on how how happy Broncos Twitter was, and the second thing it's just a head scratcher. He's 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 not a good footballer. I, they're just replacing one bad hooker with another. Um, yeah. No, maybe, maybe they just thought that there wasn't enough in their lower grades. I don't know, but yeah, it's a bad signing. It's a one-year deal, is it, or do you get a multi-year? Oh, again, I, I didn't really look too much at the details because I just like my, my feed was literally Broncos fans just absolutely going off with hysterics, sort of like us when Jaden Braley went to the Knights. So <laughs> it's funny how that happens, isn't it? Although, to the new Knights' credit, if it's a one-year signing, he comes straight in. He's a first grader with origin experience. Surely he can just make you 40 tackles and get the ball to Pearson Ponga. Yeah, look, the, the problem with McCulloch, though, is he's had, he's had like, really good players at the Broncos, you know, arguably on par or, or better. Like, he, he had a Ben Hunt and a, and a Milford combination. He was still really poor. And at origin, he was really poor as well. So, yeah, I, I don't know. But, yeah, there's... There's not much. There's not much more that you can can say about that. Like, I, I, it probably is only going to be a one year deal. Um, but God, it's it's a it's a horrible one. Well, if they got the money to spend, mate, I don't, I don't see anything real negative about it. But it, it's nothing to get excited about. Well, someone wrote today that Penrith. I mean, um, the Knights have signed all these quality players and named McCulloch as like a top tier talent, which I thought was taking the piss. Even at his best, I don't know about top tier. Nah, but like, you know, was that was that the one from Denning Camp on the bloke in the bar? That might have been that. It actually, yeah. I, I don't tend to follow him too much, but that one caught me off guard. Yeah, he turned around and said they've made all these quality signings and it came back off the back of Ponga. But I mean, they still haven't made the, the finals since they've had Ponga. So, That's true. And, and they had they had arguably the easiest opening two rounds of the season. So, um, yeah, it's I don't know, it's. McCulloch for them, it's not it's not an improvement. It's a sideways step. I don't know if you can go backwards from Jaden Braley, but yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. Spot on, mate. Goodness summed it up better, to be honest. Mate, what do you make yeah. about Greg Inglis returning to, to rugby league? I love it. Um, I saw people getting on their high horse saying, well, he was medically retired. Inglis wasn't actually medically retired. He forfeited his the, the remainder of his salary and took on a job, so... Yeah, I um, he he actually just normally retired, not medically retired. So you know, if, if he thinks his body, and I mean, his body's going to hold up in the UK as well, and he's going to he's going to murder the Super League. Like, it's going to be so much fun to watch. If he gets anywhere near his best, or even half his best, Brett Hodgson went over there and won a man of steel. Uh, Blake Austin won a man of steel. I mean, that guy was a perennial 
fringe first grader, Greg Inglis is arguably the best centre of this generation. This is not going to be fair. No, it's it's going to be interesting to see where he actually plays because I think Gareth Widdop was playing fullback for him. Because um, Blake Austin's their number six. Um, so, I mean, if, if they have G.I. in the centres and they have Austin and, and Widdop feeding Inglis early ball, Jesus Christ. We might be in a bit of trouble, mate. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, Leeds, Leeds sort of struck the combination this year. Um, they brought in uh, Luke Gale, um, and they've, they've just sort of reshuffled people all around the place. And they've got Robert Louis, which I'm not real happy about, but they they sort of figured if they can just get the ball to Conrad Perel five minutes from the line, he's going to score a try. It, that's going to be the same as English in, in the Super League, because one thing we know about English backs, they can't tackle. No, they cannot. Mate, we're going to see plenty of that Goanna over there, that's for sure. Yeah. He, 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 I mean, smart money for 2021 is putting him as the leading try scorer. And Man of Steel and probably every other award they got. Look, if, if, if there's one thing I will say, they won't give the centre to a Man of Steel because there was one year where Keith Senior, uh, in, the, in one of the years when Leeds absolutely destroyed it and Keith Senior scored like 400 tries and he didn't even finish top 10 in the Man of Steel. So, yeah, he, unless he plays fullback, they usually give it to a spine player or a forward. Yeah, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Dally M equivalent. I say equivalent, yeah. but it's not really. It's like which reserve grade is the best in England. Yeah, correct. We, should, we shouldn't bag uh, the Premier the uh, Super League too much, mate. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy watching it. Obviously, I had a family connection at Leeds, and I've, I've sort of kept it there for a little while. But... Um, yeah, look, it, Greg Inglis is gonna. It, it's gonna be really fun. I'm, you know, I've, I've really liked. I've liked the, uh, you know, the Sonny Bill Williams going to Toronto and, and failing. But Jesus Christ, I just hope Inglis goes over there and show and just shows that he's still an unbelievable player. What do you make of him possibly coming back for Queensland? I think after Alfie Langer did it in 2001, they 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 put a line through it. Well, I got you. I know they were talking about it. And I think someone, Meninga, might have even said, you know, he'd have to be taken. But, I, mate, I don't know the rule, to be totally honest. Yeah, there was that. And I think it might have been the 2004 Kangaroo Tour as well when Darren Smith was – he was playing in the Super League and there was an injury. And instead of bringing someone from Australia, they brought in Darren Smith. And I think the international and, and origin rules changed around Alfie being drafted and then Darren Smith being drafted. And I'm, I'm not too sure – and I didn't even think this point, we didn't have Inglis on our run sheet, so I didn't even think about this. Um, yeah, uh, but maybe we can we can talk further about it on Tuesday night. Absolutely, mate. Uh, Dan, the referees, talk to me. Um, I'm glad it all came to like, I'm glad it's worked out, put it that way. I, I didn't really take a side in this. I, I didn't have enough time to read up on it, so I didn't make it, want to make too many uneducated comments. Look, I, I think, you know, if the players are going to get paid eighty percent, then the referees should be allowed eighty percent. Um, I don't, I don't know about this one referee thing in this day and age. There's too many Cam Smiths that try and get away with too much. One, two referees. Right now, I'm so keen for league, mate. I, I couldn't care less to be happy. I'm just happy that they, they came to an agreement. And we're going to get some football. Look, my, my view on it is this: is that the referees had every right to kick up a stink because. If you were forced to go back to work and then told, oh, hang on a minute, you don't have your job anymore, um, you know, you, you instead of being the the two IC of something you enjoy doing, you might have to go and run 
you know, water or coffee for someone. They had every right to at least see what their options were. Um, I'm glad they did, and I'm glad Volandis has sort of stepped in and said, okay, look, for the good of the game, we need, we just, we need to get you back out there. It's going to be one referee. What do we have to do? So, um, I, as I said, I haven't had too much internet. I haven't been able to have a look at it, but I'm glad we've got that back. That said, you're going to see why we need two referees. You've absolutely hit it on the head. One referee in this day and age, there's going to be so much stuff missed. Um, and I know, I know the refs are only human and they probably only pick up about 60 or 70% of the penalties in the ruck now. But fuck me. I promised I wouldn't swear, but one referee is not going to be pretty. And my, my hot take is by round six, we'll be begging for two refs. Yeah, I've, I've actually made a... Um, I've gone through and taken some screen caps of some people that have gone on about how we need to go back to one referee just because I know it's going to be funny when they all blow up. This got people so heated on either side. Like, you got, for every Josh Robbo who's constantly on about the referees, you got people that, you know, do nothing but bag them, and then they put their hands up, and suddenly they're their best mates. But I guarantee in three weeks, if they cost the Sharks a try, or, God, like, you know, God forbid, a couple of competition points, I'll be right there hammering them too. But what do, what do you make yeah. of the new six again rule in the ruck? Um, I like it, and... One of the biggest things that I've seen from idiots turn around and say is, well, you know, if you've got a two-point lead with a minute to go, you're just going to give away penalty after penalty because it's only going to be six again. Well, no, if you read clearly, it says the six again is to the referee's discretion, which means if, you, if you're slow on the play of the ball and you're, you're not letting them get up, they're just going to blow six again. But if you rip the ball out of the guy's hands or you kick the ball away from his hands or, you know, you, you work over his face, the referee can blow a penalty. Also, the other thing as well, this six again rule doesn't abolish the sin bin. Yeah, exactly right. So if you're up by two points with a minute to go and you think you can just give away penalty after penalty, the referee can bin you. Bin you and you get and done, he can, yeah. he can still give a penalty. So I like the six again rule, but again, I think that'll be scrapped very quickly. Yeah, I can't see it. I think there's too much. The discretion thing you mentioned before is exactly where I was, where I was at too. There's going to be a time where they call six again and someone's going to say, you know, we've got a huge win, we'd prefer the penalty. There's going to be times where people, you know, the wind's blowing the other way and you're in the middle and you can't kick out, you've got to tap and your momentum's ruined. So I think it's sort of serving the referees up. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It might be the greatest thing ever. We might be eating crow in a couple of weeks. The, the other thing as well that it is going to take away from is the captain's challenge because if the referee's undecided, you know, either they blow a penalty or a knock-on and someone challenges it. But if they, blow six, if they just wave six again... Um, you can't you can't captains challenge that. So, you know, the six again implies that there's a penalty, and if it wasn't a penalty, you still can't challenge it. So that that I don't really like. Um, my the biggest question that I have about this six again though is uh, how confused is Jack White going to be? <laughs> yeah, well that's that was my other joke, mate. Can't, they can't even get it right in the grand final, so he's going to be good. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, um. Yeah, <coughs> I reckon by uh, by round by round six, we'll everyone will be begging for two referees, and I I, I can't see the six again lasting too long. They said come, um, you know, I think they've announced the games up until round nine. Um, yeah, I think come round nine, they they may reevaluate that six again rule. I think you might be right. I remember that when the um, there was a crackdown in the ruck, mm. and you know teams like yeah. Melbourne and the Roosters were getting getting heavily hammered. And then as soon as they, they made enough noise, they took it away, they started winning again. I think it's going to be yeah. something very similar to that. 
Uh, what do you got next for us, Dan? Mate, Paul Gallen and a potential fight with Lucas Brown. Now, I, I asked Lucas the other week what he thought about this. Look, Gallen, for as tough as he is and as good as his record is, has been fighting guys like you and me. He's picked out of the pub. Lucas will kill him. Like, I'm genuinely worried that Lucas will affect his quality of life if he takes this fight. What are your thoughts before I start on a rant? Um, yeah, I, I don't think Gal will take the fight. Uh, you know, people were saying, oh, you know, Tyson, you, there was the whole Tyson needs to fight Sonny Bill or Gallon. Why? Why does Tyson need to take that on? I don't even know why Lucas Brown needs to take this, this fight on. Um, and I kind of, you know, I listened to the podcast with him and it was a really good one you did, hats off to you. I'd love to get him on the podcast again and just, like, even if it was just a five-minute phone call, just ask him, why would you take this fight on? Just because some, it's right, money, he, mate. He would, he would, he'd, he'd hammer it. Oh, it's, it's purely a money thing. I mean, Gallon gets paid ten times what Lucas Brown does, and Lucas Brown's got a world title in his own, in his, um, you know, collection. But Gallon came out, and I, I actually messaged Lucas to say, is this a real quote? Gallon said that Lucas is irrelevant. This bloke's a former world champion who knocked out the hometown favourite in like in Chechnya. And I mean, this was a fight put on by the president. So anything that was going to happen against Lucas sort of did, as ended up being, um, with the fight being, you know, overturned, no contest, etc. But, I mean, Gallon taking on Mark Hunt is stupid enough. I mean, Mark Hunt's at, at the back end of his career. And, you know, he's been in the MMA and long enough that his boxing isn't, what it was. But have you seen Lucas Brown hit something? Yeah. Gallon can't block that shot, mate. This isn't a 38-year-old Barry Hall coming in with an amateur career 20 years ago, Javin. This is Brown. A 1-2 ends Gallon's fucking... It, it breaks his jaw, and it ends him on Channel 9 because they don't hire people that look like that. Yeah, I, I saw Gallon say some quotes about Lucas Brown the other day, and I think it was tongue-in-cheek. I didn't see the whole thing, and I didn't know the background story for it, but... Just you, like if I'm Gallon and my phone rings on a Sunday afternoon and it pops up Lucas Brown, I I ain't taking that fucking call. No chance. No. And I know I'm close to it because Lucas and I are um a mate. But you know I love Gal too, and I don't want to see him get his head smashed in. But I mean, if if the money's there and the fight's there, like I'm betting Brown KO in the first round, and I'm making a motza. Yeah, I, I I'd probably take that that fight as well. Like. I don't think Gallon could run away from him for three or five minutes or however however long or short he'd, he'd want to fight. But it, it's a complete mismatch. It'd be like the 2016 Sharksmith Knights all over again. Exactly right. Wasn't that good fun to rewatch today? Yeah, it was. I liked everyone's hashtag on it as well, like not as bad as the USA and all that kind of stuff. It was really good to relive that memory. It was. It really was. We've had some good times against the Knights. Yeah, I mean, even still, Brian tweeted today and it really made me laugh. Uh, Brian lives in Salamander Bay, um, and then his mate lived... Oh, no, at the time he lived in Taree. So they had a two-hour drive home with his friend, and he said his son was crying the whole way home. And then he, he wrote back, and he said, by the way, his son wasn't Dan Gagai. I was, like, I was literally in pieces for about five minutes. It's oh, terrible, mate. Speaking of terrible, what do you make of Bronson's his new hairstyle? Um, look, uh, Sean Johnson was the first one to do it, and I'm glad he shaved his head. I've noticed Wade Graham's got it as well. Um, it's awful. <laughs> it's really bad. But I will say this. If you, if you take Bronson's hair away, 
he looks like he's in incredible shape. He certainly does. He looks real good. Maybe it's an aerodynamic thing. Yeah. He, look, he needs to shave his head, but the, the story came out um, that, that he, he, Dugan, and, and Moylan are fit for round three. I think we all know, like, I don't know too much, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to dismiss Josh Dugan at all. Um, because, you know, he's an absolute fucking warrior and he puts his body on the line and, you know, people make the injury plague thing, but I'd love to see you take some of the hits that he's taken. But um, with Moylan, I'm I'm waiting to see, to see it, to believe it, really. Um, he's had, you know, three months off now and there's some story saying he's fit, some story saying he's not. Uh, we need him. If we, you know, we've been kissed on the dick with this draw. Um and that's just screaming out for a ball player. So we've we've got one of the best back lines in the competition if he plays. Agreed. That was actually next on our list, Moylan and Dugan fit. Um, both yeah. obviously come in if fit, yeah? What's that? Both obviously come in if fit. Yeah, look, I, I, again, Moylan's the enigma for me. Um, I don't know whether you put him in the 14 and put Connor, you know, just leave Connor Tracy out. It's then kind of slack for Connor Tracy because there's no New South Wales Cup. I don't really think Connor Tracy lit the world on fire, and obviously, you know, you remember him for throwing that forward pass uh, against the Rabbitohs when he could have backed himself and scored. Um, I don't know if Moylan can be good for our team in the 14. Um, so this is it. I don't, you know, you don't really know what you do with Moylan, and then if you if you do bite the bullet and say Moylan's playing fullback, well. Why, why is Will Kennedy going to be dropped? And then, you know, if that means that Josh Dugan's going onto the wing, well, why is Sione Katoa getting dropped when he's probably been better than Ronaldo? But, you know, Ronaldo's seen as the better prospect. So it, it's good to have these options. It really is. But, yeah, there's there's going to be one or two players that are left out that um, that aren't, you know, that, probably, that can probably count themselves really unlucky. And it's going to be even worse, especially for someone like Will Kennedy or Connor Tracy. When there's no New South Wales Cup. I agree. The counterpoint is we're 0-2. Uh, Moylan is the tri-assist king and Dugan's going to give you 150 metres. No-brainer they're going to be in there. And we know if they're fit, they're going to be. Can't yeah. disagree at all with what you said about Will Kennedy. He's been fantastic. And if he does have to, to make way, it's very harshly done on him. But look, he'll be back in three weeks when Moylan does his hammy again anyway. So. Yeah. Look, the, the only thing for me that that's a shame for Will Kennedy... Is that his height and his? It's not only his height, but his weight lets him down as well because he's had a, he's had a better start to the year than Ronaldo. And if he was Ronaldo's height and weight, you could just turn around and say, "Well, stick him on the wing because he's just got that." You know, he could be like a, 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 a another version of Valentine Holmes, just you know, come in off the wing, do what you need to do, create some magic. Um, but yeah, it is going to be a bit slack for him. You are right; we are on two, and we do need the best team out there, but. Is Matt Moylan part of our best team anymore? I don't know. I think I think he is, but I mean, yeah. if he can't back himself a hundred percent with a guy running at him, just either save a tackle or get to that ball before someone, then he shouldn't be picked. Yeah, the, the other thing as well is he he literally has not played football since July last year, mm-hmm. and it's been it's been a hamstring injury. So if his hamstring is not by the time that we get back on the field, it's going to be 10 months that he hasn't played rugby league. If, if his hamstring hasn't recovered in that time, just just ride him off. Just get rid of him. Like, or you, I mean, you can't get rid of him, but just leave him out. Let Will Kennedy play. Yeah, 
And you could do worse. Yeah. It's not like we have, you know, Matt Wright sitting in at fullback and stinking up yeah. the, the jersey. You touched on it before, Terry, the, the draw. Now, you yeah. say that the Sharks have the an easy draw. I don't disagree on paper, but I don't think the draw is going to play anywhere near as much as it usually does in terms of importance. This year is a complete fucking guess. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to play as much either, but Fox Sports did something really cool the other day when they gave everyone the points. Um, was it Fox Sports or was it? I think it was. Anyway, it's in terms of easiest draws, I'm like, who you had to play in last year's top eight, top, uh, like top four, top eight, and then the next, and Cronulla ended on like 193 points, and then the next best was Manly on like 168 or something. So we, when that draw came out and we had to play, we've got to play the Tigers twice, uh, the Dragons, the, the Titans, the Warriors. We, we really have, we, we've got, uh, the Panthers as well, we, we've got a pretty good draw. Certainly worked out. You couldn't really do much better. We don't have to play South again until the finals. We don't have to play the Storm again to the finals. We only got the Roosters in Canberra once. That's I'll take that. Yeah. So, we, like in terms of the teams that actually terrify me at the moment, the Roosters after their first two rounds don't. But obviously, they are gonna they're gonna come good at some point. Uh, the Eels. We've only got the Eels once. Um, and. Uh, the Raiders as well. I'm going to throw a smoky in there, and even though they, they signed a shit hook and Newcastle did look all right, um, so to get them once as well wasn't too bad. Um, you know, we've only uh, have we got Manly once or twice? We've got Manly twice, don't we? Uh, no, I think we only got them once. I think because we avoided Brookvale trip this year, which we we're going to do anyways, as it turns out. But yeah, well, they don't play Brookvale anyway, so that's it. Uh, Speaking of the grounds, we've uh, we've done our research here, Danny Boy. We have. Um, yeah. So the Eels, Dogs, Rabbits, Sharks and Roosters are playing at Bankwest. The Dragons, Tigers, Panthers and Raiders are playing at Campbelltown. Knights, Manly and Warriors are playing on the Central Coast. The Broncos and Titans are playing at Suncorp. Uh, the Cowboys and Storm get to stay at their own home ground. What do you make of that? Mate, I think Canberra got screwed royally here. If you can go to as far as North Queensland and Melbourne, why can't you go to Canberra? Uh, aren't they still pretty rife with like positive tests? I don't know. I thought they had none for the last few weeks. I, I didn't. I didn't check into it. I meant to earlier. I know in terms of the places they've picked. I mean, one one positive is going to turn very quickly because there's a lot of people. But I mean, if you're flying to Melbourne and you're flying to North Queensland. What's flying to Canberra going to do? I mean, you can even get a bus to Canberra in the time that it takes you to fly to friggin' North Queensland. I, just, I don't get it. But I think otherwise, I think they've done what they had to, to be honest. One, one of the things that I have heard, um, and I don't, I don't know if it's been published anywhere or not, but someone who I know who works in and around the NRL has said that a lot of the travel will be done by bus, apart from Townsville. Um, so Melbourne will, like if Melbourne have got to play in Brisbane, for example, um, it's a two day bus ride for them, but they will, obviously their first stop will be in Sydney where they'll be able to train and, you know, access a gym and stuff like that. And then they can take a bus up to Brisbane. Then it's the the two day trip back. Um, obviously Sydney teams going to Townsville, they'd need to take a bus to Brisbane and then fly. Um, 
but yeah, Sydney teams to the Central Coast, it's only a bus. Sydney teams to Canberra, it's only a bus. You know, obviously we've got the Warriors over here, which is a huge sacrifice from them again. Um, so that's that's just a little bit of insider info that I have that there won't be. It'll be limited flying, and it'll be to places where they can just get charter planes for teams. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I think they've largely got them right. I mean, A and Z. I mean, um, Bankwest was an obvious one, and I like the Central Coast. Actually, it's quite funny that um, Manly have to go play up there after what they did to the Bears. But uh, yeah. what, what do you make of Campbelltown? I, I don't really get that. I think that the whole point for for Campbelltown. From what I've got, right, is you've got Bankwest, which is in Parramatta, and then you've got stadiums around it, which is really diluted. So you've got, you know, Penrith, which is just down the road. Um, you've got, you know, uh, the Bulldogs, but the, I don't know where I don't know where they were playing this year. Whether they're going to have games at Bournemouth. Anyway, that that population there was very diluted. Whereas Bankwest to Campbelltown is a little bit further away, and if there is an outbreak. You know, somewhere there's there's distance between it. The other thing as well is Campbelltown, their their stadium is pretty remote. Like, you know, it's it's even a bit of a walk from the train station into their ground. So I like it. I like the idea, and I'm glad there's no fucking games at Leichhardt because that place is a shithole. Yeah, true. Yeah, I like it. I I think I you know, and again, obviously come from a Sharks fan. Um, I would have liked us and, you know, the Dragons and maybe the Rabbitohs to have taken Cogra. That that could have been an option. But, look, beggars can't be choosers, as you said, Dan. We've got rugby league, so who cares? Spot on. I actually quite like that we're not playing at Cogra because um, everyone was giving a shit earlier that they that we weren't going to be at our home ground. And joke's on them. Do, do you think, though, on a serious note, do you think um, the home ground advantage will be something that will at the end of the year, we'll look back on and go, oh, yeah, well, Parramatta played at home or, or Melbourne played at home or it's not going to matter? Um, for someone like Parramatta, they've got 13 of their 18 games at Bank West because some of their away games are there as well, if that's how it's going to stay. Um, so, I don't know, is is the real thing. As you said, this this is like a, a, a dummy year or a, whatever you want to call it. This is like a... You know, it wouldn't surprise me if a team from left field, you know, just stormed the competition and won it. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the Eels, even though they've got a pretty hard draw, they still get 13 games at Bankwest, which is going to be you know, pretty beneficial for them. So um, the other teams as well, once you, once you get used to it, you, that, that's just what it is, isn't it? You just get used to it. See, I, I think it'll... Um... Look, I, I don't care is the short answer. I don't care where we play. I, I You know, if we played North Queensland every week, fuck it, I don't care. As long as we avoided Manly because we never beat those pricks. I just, I think the travel will be difficult because of the bus aspect and the fact that checking into a hotel won't be like checking into a hotel a year ago. It won't be, get your bags, get in, you're done. It's going to be so extreme. And I mean, every single place along the way is going to be Sit down, this is how you do it, this is how you do it. I think it's going to be very hard on players. But, I mean, if the fans aren't there, it's, it's an empty stadium wherever you're playing, to be honest. Yeah, look, probably the best the best thing that I've ever seen from, or best thing I've ever heard from someone talking about stadiums around the world and around their country was 
from Dennis Rodman in the Jordan documentary. And they sort of asked him how, why he, he performed a lot better on the road. And he said he wouldn't know because the basketball court's the same height, the, the same length, the same width, and the ring's the same height. The only thing is different is someone's yelling at you or someone's cheering for you. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no fans. It's not really going to make a difference. I think that might lose a little bit of a feel for, for some teams. But, you know, a club like Melbourne, who are soulless anyway, yeah, they've they probably got a bit of a leg up. Yeah, that's a good point. I've seen everyone make the Roosters jokes that they're used to playing in front of empty stadiums. But I, I on, a, on a serious note, I don't think this will benefit or be like bad for anyone. It's just, this year is so strange. I think perhaps only the Warriors, because... They're not going to be able to go home to their families. Yeah. Um, that's probably the only disadvantage across the teams. Um, and the others, I mean, like I said before, I don't care. We play anywhere in the world. It just doesn't matter at the moment. As long as there's a camera there and we get to watch it, like that's that's the thing that's going to be most important to me, really. Um, yeah, look, that's. Uh, I've seen lots of people blowing up about it. Um, you know, we don't get to play at our stadium or, or whatever. Just be thankful that they're playing and you sat some of your sanity is gonna come back. Then you're gonna have some you're gonna have something to look forward to on a weekend. Exactly right. This year is so strange. It's really it's hard to complain when everything's going on. I mean oh no, we have to play out of Bankwest, like forty minutes away from our non even real home ground. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you, you want to talk about how strange it is. Liverpool's bus parade should be tomorrow. There you go, mate. Yeah. It's pretty so funny it's, that it's, it's not. Yeah, I know. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last thing on the run sheet, Dan, uh, to break our hearts, it looks like our good friend, uh, Toby Rudolph, is heading to the Warriors. Good. I mean, good on him. If it's you know beneficial for him and his, his career long term, certainly not going to begrudge him. I think into the Sharks first, if he does sign and we've got a player that can sort of come in, obviously you want to develop the player that's going to stay. Not that I, not that I can see too many putting their hand up at the moment to replace him, but it's going to suck if he does sign as expected, but ultimately you got to do what you got to do for what's best for him. And if, if we can't match it, then good on him. I'll, I'll wish him all the best on his trip. Yeah, look. I did send him a message saying that if he signed with the Warriors, I'm going to cut his hair off before he leaves. That's a fair uh, shot. Yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm almost conceding defeat on it now. Um, and I think he is going to go to the Warriors, which, you know, it's a bit of a shame. And, I've, you know, I've obviously been having chats with Richie and, and Paul about it. And, and, you know, what's what are their thoughts on it? And they're like, you know, straight away the hurt comes into it and you, you can... You can see it in the text saying, "Well, I'll drop him." Well, if you drop him, you, who are you going to you're going to put up like Jason Bakuya or Royce Hunt or you know maybe Bakuya, you know, in 2016, if you got 2016 form Bakuya, maybe you'd do it. But look, the the thing is, the fir- first thing is good on him if he can go over to the Warriors and, and get paid um, on a three year deal and, and play some rugby league. You know, at, at a good price, fantastic. He's earned that opportunity, and you and I know from our conversations off the air with him just how hard he's even battled to get noticed and, and to play NRL um, and the setbacks that he's had. So yeah, like fair play to him. Um, the other thing as well, though, he's 
he's in our best seventeen and he's pushing our starters. So I'm not I'm not going to drop him because he's gone elsewhere. But if it comes to like round fifteen and we can't make the finals, then I probably would play someone like Royce Hunt for the last five games. Yeah, absolutely agreed. My my hope is that Teague Wilton sort of develops into that that middle sort of wide run and middle man. I know that's weird to say, but at the moment he's probably only a second row. I know he, he did play some centre of the competition late late last year for Newtown, but it wasn't wasn't the same impact. My hope is that if, if Toby comes and Teague becomes that, because I don't think it's science and put it that way, I, I don't think he can do anything except look really, really handsome. Look, so- Sorensen's going to be our 17th man anyway. I think he's earned that right after his last two games, so Sorrow will be on the bench. Um, I-, I think our like our 1-17 to pretty much picks itself, especially in, in terms of the forwards. And I think Toby's got to be there. But as- if it comes to you know round 15 and where you know, it's- it's- you're-, you're relying on mathematical equations, and if those mathematical equations are like, you know, you need the fucking Panthers to lose by 70 points to the Titans, then concede defeat and then start start blooding the youngsters. Yeah, fair call. Absolutely. You've got to look after the club. But good on him. I mean, he's, he's welcome on any time, but, you know, it's going to be hard with that time difference. Yeah, look, <laughs> I, I did say to him, I sent him a message that he, he's seen it and he, he sent a thumbs up back. But I did say that if he does go to the Warriors, we'll get him on one last time. And then when he returns back to the Sharks, we'll get him back on. Perfect. Sounds good to me. Make it happen. Uh, Dan, we've got the five things. What are the five things, Dan? Talk to me. Well, we've got two this week. I've actually only got one on each list, but I was hoping to ad-lib, but I just don't have the energy tonight. What are the five things you've been doing the past the, the time before the return of Rugby League, mate? Uh, number one, uh, the five things I'm going to do and continue to do, unpack my house. It's good. I um, My children unpack my house every second weekend, so... Fantastic. I'll repack. Uh, number one has been pornography, Terry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I haven't quite gone there yet. Well, I have. That's a lie. Uh, I was I was number... betting London to bricks. That would be your number one answer too. <laughs> uh, number two, I'm going to have a fight. Going to have a fight? Yeah. I bought UFC 3 and I'm going to have a fight. Oh, you're beauty. I have been catching up on some old TV. Like I reach... Rewatch Community, rewatch Scrubs with the kids. Uh, my son loves The Big Bang Theory. I've really, really enjoyed that. But when Rugby League comes back on, they're back on the to watch later list. I, I don't have this on here, but just how you said you, you've been rewatching TV, I've actually found an addiction to books. I have bought so many books and I've just been reading so much recently. It's been fun. Uh, but number three, as of tomorrow, I'm going back to work, Dan. Hey, nice work. Yeah, you must back be excited. In the Back in the office. We can't wait. That's that's good. You know what I've been doing, mate? I've been rewatching Sharks highlights from years gone by, and I'll continue to do that Monday to Thursday. Now, with this, uh, with with your Sharks highlights, are you picking individual games or individual players or what? Mostly games. Like the other night, I don't know what it was, but I was just sitting around, and I remember that game where we beat Parramatta like eleven nil in the pissing down yeah. rain to end that disgusting win streak, uh, loss streak rather. And I, just for some reason, it took me a little while to find it. But watching Tim Smith kick that fuck-off field goal after the siren to beat him 11-0 just brought a tear to my eye. That was a disrespectful field goal. That was the original disrespectful. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, 
that game holds uh, a place in my heart because my daughter was five years old and that was the day she came home from the hospital. And we sw- my, my house was in Cambridge Gardens, probably about a five-minute drive uh, from the hospital, and we went via Shark Park and watched that game in the monsoon and then took her home. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> what about Fergo absolutely murking Hindmarsh on the wing? Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Great areas. Uh, number four, Dan, this week I'm going to wait for Teamless Tuesday. That's a fair call. You expect any any real surprises? Uh, I expect the Gold Coast Titans team to still be surprisingly shit. <laughs> it's, I don't know how they spend the same salary cap as the rest of us, mate. Um, I've been watching, and I'll continue to watch, a lot of UFC top tens. See, I'm a, I'm a big UFC fan. Love myself some cage fighting. But I missed a lot of the earlier years before I um, before I got USC Fight Pass. I've been catching up on those. A lot of top tens, a lot of uh, a lot of potentially fixed fights, a lot of crazy last minute submissions. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm not a UFC fan, but the other day I was in Big W and UFC three was nineteen dollars, so I bought it. Who are you going to be straight up? Uh look. I'm probably going to be that wanker that says Conor McGregor. Yep. <laughs> um, mainly because I don't really know any other fighters. And I watched a fight the other day because my mate, Dean, who, like, he's really big into the UFC, and he put a multi on. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to jump on this multi and curse you. And the red-hot favorite absolutely got his face battered in by a 40-year-old man. It was good. Who was that? Oh, look, I can't remember the guy's name now, but I'll tell you on Tuesday. But at the end of the fourth round, right, he was, like, in the first round, this guy was the red hot. He was a, he was an absolute favorite, 32 years old, tall, you know, muscly. Um, and then the guy he was fighting was a 40-year-old Brazilian dude. Oh, Smith. And, Glover Teixeira yeah. beat the shit out of him, that's the one. Yeah, so in the first round, old mate favorite was, like, just throwing haymakers anyway. Spinning around three rounds, the 40-year-old blokes just flogged the absolute fuck out of him. And at the end of the fourth round, he, he can't open his eyes. His ears are fucking closed. And he turns around to his trainers and he says, I think my teeth are falling out. <laughs> did you did you hear what Glover was saying while I was laying into him? No. He was saying, sorry, mate, it's just business. The guy goes, it is what it is. And Glover just punches him right in the mouth. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, did, I, I saw that there as well. You know, the commentators were really going to town on his trainer as well, saying, like, you need to throw the towel in. Like, I know this guy's got pride, but he he, he walked into the fifth round and he just he couldn't fucking see. And he just walked smack bang into a haymaker Absolutely. and was down again and just getting the shit pummeled out of him. That's it. It was um, it was cumulative damage. So the there yeah. was no real time where the, the ref could have stopped, stepped in. There wasn't enough damage for the doctor, and he's he's not gonna he's not gonna quit. He's gonna go out on his sword. That corner, he should fucking sack them tomorrow, mate. He said literally, my teeth are falling out. And they said, don't worry about it. Get out there and fight. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah, and, and you know they, they're saying it's you know don't throw his pride out. It's a duty of care on their part as well. Like he's literally just walked up to you and said, ha ha, what like what, what did you say? I, I can't hear. My ears closed and my teeth are falling out. Disgraceful. Like, stop, stop the fight. Exactly right. Oh, man. God. Dan, number five on my things I'm going to wait to do. I'm going to make another podcast with you on Tuesday night. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I've actually, I feel bad now because I didn't have that. Um, mate, I'm going to start some shit on Twitter. Oh, yeah. yeah everyone's being, I don't even know who Clementine Ford is, and I'm glad I don't after I saw that tweet, but... Uh, 
God, our good friend Dave's been copping it today. He certainly has. A lot of, a lot of complete psychos in there. There was one woman that was calling him an extremist and a this and that. And her first tweet is wanting to behead someone. And I was like, all right, yeah. all right, let's, let's, you know, let's take a step back here. But uh, it's only good fun, mate. And there was someone else calling him anonymous when his name's David and his profile picture is him at Anfield. Yeah, exactly so. right. I enjoyed pointing that out and the bitch blocked me. So, anyway, fuck not, it. Not too fucking anonymous, Dave, is he? That's no, spot on. Um, Dan, you also, on our run sheet, it was really nice. You put five things that we've missed about each other. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> what have you got, number one? Um, I put nothing. Fuck you. Mm. No, mate, your sexy, sexy voice. I missed it. I still do. No. Number one, I put your beautiful face. Oh, that's a lie. Uh, that's fucking not. There it is, number one, your beautiful face. Oh, that's cool. I haven't written anything, so I'm making it up as I go along. You're a dick. What's number two? Mate, your football knowledge. It's very, very... It's incredible. Thank you. Uh, number two, I put your smile. Oh, mate, now I feel bad, because these aren't, these aren't heartfelt. I wrote your hate of Western suburbs football teams. Dang. Oh, Jesus, Dan, I love you. Uh, number three, I put your incredible stories. Now, a lot of your stories can't be shared on air, um, but you have more stories than a library, and I fucking love them. <laughs> and one, one day we'll have a beer and we'll get the listeners together, and I'll, I'll. most of them are true, too. That's the really scary thing. And that's the part that really, really makes me happy. It is. What do we got? Two more, don't we? Yeah. I like that you laugh at my shitty jokes, mate. Thank you. I love your dad jokes, um, but I've got number four. I just miss drinking with you. Mate, that's true. I've actually got that number five on a genuine beer with Tez. That day, that day we took, took the little one down, had a beer before the footy, mate. That was a bloody good day. Number five, Dan. I've just simply got ding. Ding. That's it. Mate, I can't wait. I can't wait to fucking just tweet that. I know, I cannot wait. Uh, same time Tuesday night. Same time Tuesday, mate. We'll bring the um, we'll bring the uh, the fixtures and we'll, we'll preview some football. Hopefully on Tuesday night on Team List Tuesday we can say how about Moylan. Let's hail, mate. It's gonna happen. How about Moylan? See you, mate.